I'm an entrepreneur, right? But I didn't really yeah. trust myself. I tell myself that every three or four years, mm -hmm. you know, all the time, really, I really need a different job. Well, they kept giving me promotions. You know, I'd work really hard, get a promotion to something. The pandemic hit, mm -hmm. and because of that, I actually got fired. Obviously, that's going to force you to look really hard at what you're doing. Yeah. So I didn't ever actually have to make that choice that, hey, look, this is, you know, I'm going to quit yeah. my day job and go into this. I think that's a very yeah. difficult decision to make, mm -hmm. especially if you have family and kids. Mm. It's easier to be forced to than to make that decision on your own. Every successful entrepreneur started with one goal in mind, freedom, financial freedom and time freedom. You read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and dreamed of one day building a successful business that you paid others to manage while you sat back and watched the money pile up. But in the real world, most entrepreneurs fail at adequately preparing their business for their exit. The exit is the essential step of creating distance between your business and your active involvement in it. The exit is the power play that gives you the freedom you desire in life. It's your business and only you can define what a successful exit is for you, so you have to own it. We're here to help you do just that. You're listening to Own the Exit. What's up everyone? We're here with another episode of Own the Exit. Uh, I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, Caleb, and we're super excited to have Alex Olson in the studio here with us as our mm -hmm. guest. Yep, he's here live from Kansas City, which is great. It's always nice to have a guest live versus Zoom. Yeah, I've known Alex for a number of years, transacted a lot in real estate, so just excited to hear a little bit of your entrepreneurial journey, some of your business experience. So Alex, you, how long have you been in real estate and what kind of, uh, I know you've done various jobs and even business things in the past. <laughs> what kind of directed you towards real estate and fill us in on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, so I've been in real estate for four or five years now. I started off as an investor, actually. And how I got there is a little bit of a longer journey, but you know, I always had an entrepreneurial spirit, right? I mean, that, that's what drove me to do the things that I was doing. As soon as I graduated college, I got a, a job for another entrepreneur who had like 10 businesses just doing marketing for him. Yeah. Uh -huh. Just all over Kansas City, different stuff. Started getting more and more into the business planning aspect mm -hmm. of that. But on this, I always wanted a side hustle. Right. It's like, hey, can I get multiple streams of income going here? So yeah. as strange as it sounds, we developed a movie social network that was online and our source of income was through ad revenue, right? Movie studios, mm -hmm. uh, TV studios, those kind of things would actually pay to place ads on our website. And uh, there was a lot of development on, you know, code development stuff. I didn't do the code, I did the design, but mm -hmm. it took a year, 18 months to actually launch that thing. Did it right after we graduated. And then I made a few dollars at, on that. It took mm -hmm. six or seven years to kind of get to where it was actually making a dime. And then I saved every single thing I made from that. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I were like, hey, look, we're going to save this. And then eventually I'm going to quit my job and do something amazing. Well, our ad revenue was tied so much to Google's algorithms that mm -hmm. it just made it impossible to keep up with that. So, and I had kids and, and just, you know, ended up not working out, but I still needed that side hustle. So I sold that business back to my business partners. So mm -hmm. they took it over, mm -hmm. kept all the money from that in a bank account. And then we built our dream house. So we used all that money, you know, to help with the down payment on building our dream house. And through that, we did a really good job building our dream house. We had a ton of equity built up into that on day of closing. 
So we used those funds to then take out a home equity line of credit. And how I really decided real estate was the right thing for me was, I guess, just listening to things, bigger pockets, reading books, you know, rich dad, poor dad when I was 14, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And decided that, hey, look, I'm only going to invest in really great neighborhoods with a lot of economic activity. Mm -hmm. So I chose some urban core properties here in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. uh, ended up buying five, four large houses, turned them into Airbnbs. This was all kind of right around a year or so before the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. Four Airbnbs? Yeah, I had four Airbnb houses. Yeah. Wow. And they were huge. I spent way too much money on furniture and artwork and all that mm -hmm. kind of silly <laughs> stuff. But I was always itching to have something to get me out of my day job. I really wanted it out of my day job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do I get out of my day job? Well, if I work really hard on something else, maybe you'll finally get out of it. Yeah. I never did get out of it from that, but I met a mentor. And he's like, wow, you're pretty good at, you know, bugging people. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so he convinced me, I met him through cold calling, he convinced me to get my license. Mm -hmm. So I went out, got my license, uh, and you know, ended up at Clemens Real Estate, and then met Logan Freeman, and then we started our own brokerage together, and really had a knack for that. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got into real estate, and you know, it's been a great journey so far, and I'm looking forward to the next chapter. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So those Airbnbs, were you, do you still have them? No, I, so, I'm also like a creative finance guru, similar to you, Aaron. Yeah, um, yeah, we talked. <laughs> yeah, we talked a lot about that. But the four houses, I bought one of them at traditional financing. The other three I bought on a lease purchase option, mm. which is basically where I gave them, you know, a down payment and then some rent each month. Mm -hmm. And with the goal of building up equity or whatever with it to, to be able to actually purchase it mm -hmm. outright within a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. So one of them, I gave it back to the seller, pretty close, right around the pandemic hit. There's no way it was gonna make money. And then one of the other ones I actually sold for him. I didn't take a commission on it, but I sold for him as an agent. And then the other one, the gal really wanted out of it. And I actually really wanted to keep it because mm -hmm. long-term it was gonna be a great location right next to Children's Mercy downtown. Mm -hmm. But I just, you know, it was gonna take more money to make it work, and I was like, I'm out. Mm -hmm. So I actually sold that one for her as well, no commission on it. And then the, the fourth one I actually kept and turned it into a long-term rental okay. uh, because it was in a great location and, you know, rents for great rents and, and all that kind of stuff. So I got, you know, one house out of the deal of the sure, four, yeah. four I <laughs> Out of the buy. four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, with Airbnbs, I always think of like having a couple of Airbnb properties myself, like having those multiple exit strategies too, right? Like, is this going to work as a rental, long-term rental, or could I sell this at any time? Like, do I have actually a built-in equity where it's more of a flip, like, hey, it didn't really work out, or, or it did, but I just don't want to do this anymore. And I'm not trapped yeah. to um, answer point. answer questions at 12 a.m. about how to get the Nintendo going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the your guests yeah. that are staying on the weekend, right? Yeah, I don't have any so. pong balls left, so I can't <laughs> ping pong. How do I get those? Yeah, and, you sure. know, bring up a great point because that's how I why I bought those is mm -hmm. for all the multiple exit strategies that were there. Of course, yeah. I couldn't predict a, a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I did consider Airbnb laws, the changing environment, all right. those mm -hmm. kind of things. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, look, if I actually bought this thing, what could mm -hmm. it rent for? Mm -hmm. And what would really be the future value of yeah. it? You know, five, 10 year hold. I know a lot more than I now than I knew then mm -hmm. about all that stuff, but mm -hmm. I was at least considering it to mm -hmm. the, you know, credit yeah, the, yeah. the podcast name, it makes sense. You got to think about that exit strategy for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So making the leap from 
day job and this kind of tech business to real estate investor to founder of commercial brokerage company. Tell us a little more about, you know, how did that trajectory play out in terms of like, what were the moments where you knew like it's time to move from this thing to this yep. thing? Yeah, great question. You know? I mean, you're sitting there and I had this day job. Mm-hmm. The day job I got from literally, I mean, it's not literally it's an exaggeration, but it was right after I graduated college. Mm-hmm. Christmas hit, I started on my birthday, January 9th, 2006. And that's the date I started. I brought my mm-hmm. own computer into the office because this guy was transitioning. Somehow I trusted him that he was gonna do all these different things. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be great, but there was like every two, three, four years, I was like, I need a different job. You know, it just was, I'm an entrepreneur, right? But I didn't really yeah. trust myself. And so I'd ask mm. myself that, i tell myself that every three or four years, mm-hmm. I mean, all the time, really, but it's like, I really need a different job. Well, they kept giving me promotions. You know, I'd work really hard, get a promotion to something, work really hard, get a promotion, and the business kept growing, you know, kept doing great things. The thankful thing I'm really thankful for is the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I actually got fired. I well, say that proudly from... <laughs> you know, from the pandemic. It's not mm-hmm. directly tied to the pandemic, but I'll just say it was. Yeah. Uh, I got fired, but I already had mm-hmm. my license. I already had my license. Mm-hmm. I was already mm-hmm. doing well in multifamily sales. I didn't know how well I was going to do. I was terrified the moment I got fired. I had a big smile on my face. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a decent severance package and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it really helped. Obviously, that's going to force you to look really hard at what you're doing. Yeah. So I didn't ever actually have to make that choice that, hey, look, this is you know, I'm gonna quit yeah. my day job and go into this. I think that's a very yeah. difficult decision to make, mm-hmm. especially if you have family and kids mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 401ks and insurance. I mean, all those different things. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I looked at that moment, uh, even before it happened, like all a lot of the other entrepreneurs that are out there that did similar things mm-hmm. in terms of quitting their job, taking the risk, mm-hmm. all those different things. It's easier to be forced to than to make that decision on your own, I yeah. think. Yeah. I actually have had conversations with a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, even one guy we interviewed on this podcast that talked about how it was kind of accidental. Not that it was accidental fully, but that's that's kind of part of the journey. I know you mentioned, you know, you wanted to take the leap. You wanted, like it was in you, but you didn't quite trust yourself. And it's almost like it took that like, hey, you've got to do it. Do you think that if that you've got to do it, your fired moment had not happened. Do you think that you would have ever taken the leap? It's an amazing question because my wife <laughs> yeah. probably would have, I mean, I wouldn't say never let me, but it would have been yeah. a very difficult conversation. There's a, there'd probably be a lot of, uh, you know, hindsight 2020, like what if it didn't work out? I mean, holy cow, yeah. imagine how mad she would be. <laughs> you know, she makes good good money, good income herself as well, but you know, it's that stability that you need with a family, especially mm-hmm. especially young family. And this mm-hmm. was, you know, whatever it was, uh, almost three years ago today. Yeah. And, you know, so you got a young family, you know, people depend on you. So mm-hmm. it's not just your decision. It's so much easier to be an entrepreneur when you're single and, and young and don't have anything to lose anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have no money, you have no cars, you know. But then when you get older, you got a family and it's like, I'm going to have a second career. It's like, why are you, you know, everybody, why are you doing this? Yeah. Why are you putting yourself at, at risk on all these different things? And so you have mm-hmm. so much pressure that people are putting on you, plus mm-hmm. you're putting on yourself mm-hmm. that, uh, 
you know, I don't know if I ever would have done it. Yeah. I tell myself I would have, but I don't know if yeah. I actually would have. Yeah. That's super well, interesting because yeah. I think so many people, yeah, it's exactly what you said, right? They get stuck. And not that it's bad to be in any sort of job like that. Like I even think of like, you know, we, we, we look negatively like, oh, it's a rat race or whatever. And I don't, I don't view it that way because I think that there's there's so many skills that can be developed through that. And it's the, I think it's all about having an exit. So even if you, I mean, I've had various W-2 jobs where the goal of that job was to exit into the next thing, right? And that was mm -hmm. a stepping stone to that. But it's just interesting how so many people, because of what you just mentioned, you know, whether it's, you know, financial commitments or you have a mortgage and, you know, wife and kids and you're like, stepping out of that is kind of frightening. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And I don't know how many, I don't know the statistics on it, but, you know, how many different entrepreneurs that I think were instrumental, you know, Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, uh, all these different people, whether you love them or hate them, mm -hmm. but you, if you read their biographies on them it's like they started when they were young you know they had no risk they had no money all these different things mm -hmm. they worked out of a garage they worked like out of a garage all, all those different things and so finding the people that didn't have to do that you know as a true entrepreneur it's kind of hard to find if you, mm -hmm. if you really kind of dig wow. into it wow you think yeah. it's possible to have like along those lines like some kind of stability like like say you've got your, your your real estate business, which is a transactional, right? So you need to find another client, but it's stable in, in a sense. But then also be building up, kind of scratching that entrepreneurial itch, right? Where you're, because you said you've always kind of wanted passive income to get out of the day job. So do you view as a brokerage, you know, your work as a real estate agent as like a day job you're trying to get out of, you know, to get into passive income or or you just love it where you're like, hey, this is, you know, I want to do this until I'm 90. I don't know the answer to that, but <laughs> I don't know the direct answer because I do love it. I mean, that's the first, I guess. The yeah, which is really cool mind. that you have yeah. been able to combine that passion with a high, with the income too, yeah. right? And, and I love real estate because on one hand, like when I was thinking about it a lot, I was like, everybody does real estate. You know, everybody mm -hmm. says they're an investor. Everybody says they're this. Everybody says mm -hmm. they're amazing at it, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody does. There's 10,000 real estate agents here in Kansas City or so. And so wow. that's a lot. But the reason why there's so many and the reason why I like it is because there's so many different aspects of, it. Mm -hmm. you know, you yeah. got asset classes, you got different, you know, types of assets, you got different locations, you got mm -hmm. you know, all these different ways you can specialize yeah. in making uh, revenue. And yeah. at the end of the day, too, the one thing I like about it as a, you know, investor is and a landlord is you are hopefully providing a decent and nice place for yeah. other people to live in yeah. that. You know, obviously they're there because they can't afford something better or nicer or mm -hmm. their point in time. That's what all they can afford. There's so many different aspects of real estate mm -hmm. that I do like, you know, and I've got a lot of short-term goals and I got a lot of long-term goals and, you know, how do those fit together? It's always a moving, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. moving piece because as an entrepreneur, your income isn't fixed every single month. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, right. you can hope and pray and all the other mm -hmm. things for like, okay, Please give me a lot hope of money. Goes yeah, through. Yeah, I hope this deal goes through. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. If not, I'm not going to get the listing and I'm not going to get a dime off it by spending mm -hmm. six months. Yeah. So you kind of treat money a lot differently mm. than you would if you had a steady passive income. A steady passive mm -hmm. income allows you to be more aggressive with, you know, if you know you have more of a guaranteed income, you can be more aggressive with your side hustles, I think. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, because you've got the predictable income coming right. in. Take that risk. 
yeah, I can take a risk on a side hustle or a part hustle or whatever you want to call my Etsy shop, whatever it is, yeah. you know, to, to make a lot yeah. of money. So, I mean, you, yeah. you've got a lot of different options there. Yeah. No, that's cool. Cause I think that is applicable too. Cause like not everyone's like all or nothing, you know? Totally. And I think there are a lot of people, listeners of this podcast and just entrepreneurs, people that have a little bit of are wired that way, but maybe not a hundred percent, maybe 80% or 50 where they're like, yeah, I want to, I want to create and, and be an entrepreneur and, and I'm okay with taking that measured risk. You know, as long as I do have, you know, some income coming in. So I was just curious yeah. if that was kind of more like what kind of how, how you were setting things up. Yeah, and I've got different streams of passive income there as well. You know, you've got the active investments and then you've got the passive real estate investments that, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of, I, I say this tongue in cheek, like you kind of forgot that you gave to somebody and then, oh my gosh, okay, I got a check here. Okay, this is yeah. cool. I love this. <laughs> um, like, how much should I give him again? Okay, I didn't give him that much. Wow, I already got some of it back. You know, those kind of yeah. things are really nice feelings. At first, it's terrifying and you're like, dang it, where'd my check at? I put all this money into uh-huh. this thing. <laughs> uh, but then you start getting regular incomes Mm -hmm. and it's pretty dang powerful and diversifies what you're doing so i'm also thinking like you know sure i want active investments but i also want to do some passive investing and you know we've got some stock market stuff here and you know just different things Mm -hmm. that do help with the passive investing side because it's just you you know you think about tomorrow if the real estate you know as a broker i lose my license for whatever reason tomorrow it'd be nice to have something coming in and so having those backup set up right really nice too. yeah yeah and it's like real financial freedom you know exactly passive income cash flow is real financial freedom because it's you know it's it's money you can count on that you don't have to go out and get you know so that's Mm -hmm. that's really cool so you mentioned all the different real estate asset classes all the different avenues and ways that you could plug in and get involved in the you know real estate world you know three four years ago like you did what was it about multifamily commercial that that was compelling to you? Why did you want to get involved in that asset class? Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to say all the cliche things, but the <laughs> the number one cliche thing is that even though it is cliche, it is true. Everybody needs a place to live. Every yeah. single person needs a place to live. And there's statistics all over the place. You Google about oh, we you know we need more housing. We need more multifamily we need all these different things we don't have enough inventory and then you look mm-hmm. at a city like kansas city which is luckily and thankfully in you know, my backyard that is a growing city is progressive mm-hmm. you know when i moved down here 15 I don't know, maybe it's 20 years now 20 years ago mm-hmm. you know the sprint center was just there it, w- it wasn't even open yet I'm like wow this city you know is really trying <clears throat> to do some different things yeah and so it's not a perfect city, no, no city is, mm-hmm. but all those different things combined, people need a place to live, anticipating mm-hmm. Kansas City is gonna grow, people wanna buy it. Mm-hmm. So I look at supply and demand, you know, traditional economic key indicators, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to be into multifamily because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then again, there's different asset classes. Some people just wanna go out and build brand new stuff and manage and own that and that's cool yeah and then there's also the opportunity the more creative side which i liked and i kind of learned a few things there when i was building my house which is mm-hmm. how to make things better and and bigger and you know not spend a ton of money on it but what's the biggest impact so i really mm-hmm. like the economic aspect of yeah you know mm-hmm. putting in stainless steel appliances you can have crappy countertops but stainless steel appliances will get you 150 bucks more a month than rent or whatever yeah. it is yeah you know, washer and dryer in you know i like those mm-hmm. kind of Mm-hmm. creative problem solving uh, and, and helping the clients understand that too of why this is the way it is so that's why I really like the multifamily asset class yeah. 
No, it's so true. I think about like just the counter cyclical nature too of multifamily, how it's just recession resistant. I mean, it's it, it's almost like uh, if a recession comes, it, it's almost like multifamily goes up in value a lot of the time. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the economics of it because the last thing, a lot of people are downsizing from, you know, traditional single family homes yeah. or whatever. They're moving into mm-hmm. apartments, so there's greater demand in that. Then even government programs prioritize rent subsidies and things like that. And so it's like, mm-hmm. I love it too. That's what, the reason why I asked that question. So you yeah. said something, Alex, I want to just clarify active real estate investing and passive real estate investing. You're doing both. What, yeah. what does that look like just in case somebody is unaware sure. of that or? Yeah, the big difference between two active is I bought this thing and either I'm managing it myself or I have a property manager managing that, which means I got to manage the property manager. I am mm-hmm. actively involved in every single day-to-day decision or even monthly decision. Mm-hmm. Whereas something more passive is you place your funds with a, uh, a syndicator, a syndication group or mm-hmm. similar and say, hey, look, here's the amount of money for it. You promised an X percent return over a five-year period. And I just give that money to that group and I say, hey, look, you know, send me the check based on what we agreed to and talked about. Yeah. And then checks start showing mm-hmm. up in your uh, in your account, you know, within three months, six months. Depends on how stable the property is and then what right. you agreed to with the seller. And you have no no operational control, but you also have no real, I mean, you have risk, but you don't have to put any time <laughs> into it. Right. Yeah, I was wanting to yeah. clarify that because I was just, you know, being somebody who's done both as well, we have the idea that, well, I'll hire a property manager and then it's <laughs> passive. <laughs> Passive investing, right? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a property manager, but you're, that yeah. hasn't been your experience. No, I mean the property management piece is a very large piece of making a multifamily investment. <laughs> you laughed when I said that. Yeah. <laughs> sounds yeah. like your experience was it not the yeah. case. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't had a property manager myself. I've just yeah. seen a lot of property managers' yeah. uh, income and expenses, and they're mm-hmm. all fine and different for different reasons and mm-hmm. different properties. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a location. All those different things. We could talk about property managers all day long. I love them, I think they're great and have a great position, but you still have to manage the finances, the property. I mean, you're not directly managing every single line item entry, mm-hmm. but if you've got uh, a giant water bill and your property manager manages 2,000 units in your 12-unit apartment complex, are they really gonna look too much at it? Right. I mean, nine times nine out of 10 probably won't. So you're mm-hmm. still looking at bills. As an active investor, that has a property manager, you still have to manage the property man- mm-hmm. manager. And, you know, you can have an asset manager, all these other things, but you still have to mm-hmm. make those day-to-day control uh, decisions. How much are we gonna spend on CapEx this year? You know, there's wood rot on the exterior and the decks need to be replaced. What kind of time frame are we gonna do that all in one year? Are we gonna do yeah. that in year five? All those different decisions that you as an active investor, yeah. even though you're not managing day-to-day, mm. have to make those decisions. Yeah. yeah. Whereas passive, it's I'm trusting, you know, I give you guys money or I give somebody money, I'm trusting them to make all those decisions and please do not ask me any questions about this because that's why I gave you my money and mm-hmm. you get your money. So that's yeah. the main difference I see. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I think most entrepreneurs, when they think about real estate, they think about the DIY version, right? The active version. and yeah, passive passive investing is super powerful. It's good to diversify, just like yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I think let's jump into the exit round. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, exit I'm ready. Round. We ask uh, these same five questions to all of our guests. And so, uh, yeah, I'll start with question number one. I think everyone, every entrepreneur and business podcast asks this question. But uh, <laughs> That's all right. we want to ask it. What's your all-time favorite business book? 
I can only say one? Uh, you can give two or three. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have my all-time favorite that really inspired me uh, was a book by Sam Zell, the billionaire real estate investor himself. Okay. And it's called Am I Being Too Subtle? And it's an autobiography mm -hmm. on his experience in it. Now, he has a lot of different experience than I think all three of us have. He's an mm -hmm. attorney and some of these other amazing things. But he took chances and he mm -hmm. really looked at reasons to do deals, mm -hmm. which I think is very important if you're an entrepreneur and you want to be ultra successful is look at reasons to do the deals. Don't look at reasons not to. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that deal roof span. I don't want to do that deal because, you know, the was built in 1966 or something, you know, some kind of arbitrary thing. He would look at, yeah, it might be built in 1966, but, you know, I really like the facade. The location's amazing. You know, and, and mm. that's how he built up his empire was doing every single deal almost that came across his desk, especially when he first started. Yeah. So that book is amazing. And well, I guess that's, I'm going to keep it at that. Yeah, that's, that's it. Come yeah. on. Awesome. Uh, okay, question number two, because I know we're talking to entrepreneurs here who are trying to create passive income. What percentage of your income would you say is passive versus active where you got to go out and earn it every day? Well, right now I'm pretty overloaded on earning it every day. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's probably 95% I earn it myself mm -hmm. and 5% passive. Now, there's other benefits in that as an active investor mm -hmm. on the mm -hmm. real estate side. It's It's a little bit different than really truly being every single day I'm earning it. Mm -hmm. But that's the way I'm currently balanced as I get older. Mm -hmm. You know, that's going to change a lot, but that's mm -hmm. how I'm... Yeah, you can start to d divert some of that into more passive. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. That's cool. awesome. So right now, what's one thing that you wish you could do more of, but your commitment to your business kind of hold you back from that? Wish I could play more golf. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, the guys in the office, I mean, they, they play golf for different reasons than what I would play golf for, but... Uh -huh. <laughs> That'd be a lot more fun. Spend time with my dad playing golf would be cool. Mm -hmm. But, you know, me, I also really like doing deals. Mm -hmm. And even not even the money aspect. I'll do a $2,000 deal for all I care. I mm -hmm. love doing deals. So from that aspect, that's one thing I would love to be doing more of. Uh, spending more time <clears throat> on the water, even though I live on the water and have a boat and everything. But the more mm -hmm. time I can spend out there, the better, too. Cool. Yeah. Cool. No, you like awesome. fishing? You know, I, I like fishing off my dock for 10 to 15 uh -huh. minutes. I hated yeah. it growing up, but now I'm, now I'm like more into it because I got my poles down yeah. there and I just, okay, this is You got your fridge right there. Uh, right. A couple of cold ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Question number four, if you could go back 20 year old Alex, you know, you know, same, same entrepreneurial, you know, chip that you have, what would you, you know, say to yourself back then or do differently? If yeah, anything. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd probably do something I think that you did, Aaron, which is live in one of the units that you own, right? So you buy a mm -hmm. fourplex, you live in one of the units, and you mm -hmm. rent out the other three. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm telling my 20-year-old self. Yeah. And also, Alex, make sure that you rent out the other two bedrooms in your own unit. Mm -hmm. The ultimate cash flow machine. Yeah. Your wife I, doesn't want to go for that now. Yeah. No, it's a little, it's a little <laughs> late stretch. Yeah, a little, little stretch on that. Like, can we, we rent that extra bedroom, yeah. honey? No. We did actually look at, in, in Lee Summit, a duplex. The, our agent was trying to get us to buy, like, oh, yeah, you can buy both sides. And we're like, you know, 23 years old or whatever at the time. We're like, no, I'm not dealing with my neighbor's toilet. You know, you think all these mm -hmm. negative things yeah. about property management at the time. So anyway, that's what I would tell them that would get the ultimate jump start on financial freedom. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So 
you probably touched on some of this, but what is your strategy for creating more financial freedom and time freedom for yourself? The financial freedom piece is, I mean, for me, it took me a long time. And now I call it really kind of like, I'm uncapped, right? Mm -hmm. I don't, there's not a maximum amount of money I can make per year because I'm 100% commission-based and can make whatever I want. I'm not tied to a bonus or anything. Mm-hmm. And so if you're wired that way to work hard and towards end goals, find a job for you that, that fits that, whether it's selling cars or real estate or mm-hmm. you know, any of those kind of things to, to really kind of find something that can untap you. And if you're not wired that way, find something that you're happy doing and that you can maximize your, you know, your time that you're in there. Make sure you enjoy yeah. doing it. If you don't enjoy doing it, mm-hmm. you know, you're not really ever going to be financially free because just unhappy yeah um mm-hmm. and your second part of your question the was time freedom yeah time freedom so uh the, the biggest thing on time freedom is as of an entrepreneur is put your phone on silent i yeah. know that's that might sound kind of like easy and weird <laughs> and all these other things but when i put my phone on silent you know i just i'm so much more dedicated to whatever's going on around me mm-hmm. and finding those times whether it's you know six to nine p.m at night or you know, not until 10 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's you're in control of your phone. When your phone, when your phone's on silent, you're in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't care who is calling you. It's only gonna be a couple hours so you can get back to them. It's fine. They're gonna be yeah. okay. And it took me a really long time to do that. Yeah. And I don't do it during the week. Yeah. And it's still hard for me on the weekends. But I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna put my phone on silent. See how much yeah. I like. And I'm a lot happier when I do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool, man. Your your time just to what you just said, the the financial freedom, like what you're saying is like you could have an income coming in, but if you're not happy, are you really like free financially free, right? right. So it's not it's not tied to the amount of money you're making. It's more holistic with right. what you're putting your time to each day. If even if you got, you know, a million bucks a year coming in, like, well, what are you gonna do now, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like you still have to like find that passion or something that you're going to do that then brings you like that, you know, fulfillment. And for you, you like doing deals, right? Which happens to be your, your day job as well. So yeah. it's like you have a measure of like freedom in that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and then I love what you said too about the the time time freedom because that's just such a practical thing that anybody can just do, right? Yep. Like now, it's not like, oh, one day I'll have like more time. Like it's like, or just shut your phone off. Yeah. You yeah, know? Shut yeah. your phone off and yeah. your computer yeah. lid and... You know, yeah. yeah. See, you know, and only look at it when you want to. You're in control. I told myself that. You know, Alex, <laughs> yeah. you're in control. Yeah. You know, like right now, my phone's on silent. You know, I yeah, don't. Right. I might have 20 missed calls from there. I might have zero. Yeah. But I'm and I'm excited to see what the surprise is when I when I turn it back <laughs> on. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like if we can't take control of the time we have now, then who's to say whenever we're able to get more of it in the future or whatever, or mm-hmm. we have more passive income, we're able to spend less, you know, time on our business or whatever. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that? we're going to take control of it then or just let something else, you know, good, yeah. the way it is. So that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for jumping on the podcast. Yeah, man. Alex, no super cool. So how can people find you? You've got uh, commercial real estate brokerage. You, you're a buyer in Kansas City or you're out yep. of state. You want to get involved. Well, how do they find you? Yeah. I mean, the best place is you can go to my website, exchangecre.com. Starts with an X. Commercial mm-hmm. real estate, X-C-R-E. Yep exchangecre.com and then you can email me alex at exchangecre.com or you're probably on LinkedIn and you can find me mm-hmm. with uh, Alex Olson on mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Awesome. I get a lot of followers on there. 
Yeah, I've got about 12,000 12, or so right now. And so. you post yeah. a lot of content on awesome. there. I follow you on there. So yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I love LinkedIn. It's I like yeah. it because it's, you know, pretty much all business. There's it's no, just business, yeah. There's right. no politics or dogs or, yeah. you know, cats or any of that kind of stuff. It's just... <laughs> no pictures know. of your breakfast. Yeah, no, I don't need <laughs> breakfast pics, you know. Sometimes there's yeah. pictures of, I, I did four workouts yesterday kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but at least yeah. it's business driven. It's like right. I did four workouts yesterday and I did these deals and all yeah. these, you know, so yeah, you yeah, get yeah. some yeah. meat to Yeah, a little mindset stuff. Little, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, just like Aaron said, thank you, man. Thanks no for problem. jumping on the, the show with us. It was great. All right. Awesome. See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of Only Exit. Remember, it's your business and you can define your exit however you want. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more people just like you who are looking to own their exit.